nothing weird about this. Yes. That was hilarious. He's kind of dead. Mercedes Benz. My friends all drive horses. I must make amends. Worked hard all my lifetime. No help from my friends. So, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Didn't that sound just like her? I changed the words to horses so we don't get in trouble. Oh, oh okay. You ever seen an episode of 30 Rock where they're trying to do a Janis Joplin song but they have to change all the words and they're like singing about a tuna sandwich? <laughs> yeah. That's smart. Man. I won't get sued. Exactly. So today we're obviously talking... Oh, welcome to... Liz, you say it. You say it the best. She wants to swallow first. It's <laughs> covered two seconds. <laughs> Never you're ready, Liz. All right. Hi everybody, welcome to Requiem for a Stream, where you'll rock and roll in your grave. Right. <laughs> I'm Liz Van Patten. And I'm Emily Rosenstein. And I'm Kareen Campbell. Woo! Woohoo! That one's great. Okay. How do you pronounce my name like that? Anyway. It's Kareen. You never pronounce your name like that. I know it's Some Korean. people call me Corinne. That's why I just am used people to who it. don't know you well. <laughs> well like, right, exactly. But people who aren't your real whatever, friends. You guys I heard you say that, and I was like, "Have I been saying your name wrong this whole time?" <laughs> I, know. I know. I just been yeah, switching it up. Anyway, um, well, I like your one friend with the accent who says Corinne. Corinne. <laughs> I'm always just like, "Oh, that's a fun way that's to say funny. it." <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, we decided that we sound like much better podcast wise when we drink. So what is everyone drinking right now? I'm drinking tequila on ice. Anybody? Merlot. 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 It's Merlot. <laughs> See, it's already Brooklyn, kicking in. <laughs> Brooklyn Naranjito. What's that? It's a, a light orange pale ale. Ooh. <laughs> She's getting her balls back. <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we should be drinking in honor of Janice. We should have gotten Southern Comfort, but whatevs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My girl. Fitting. Yeah, so I also changed the words to horses because my mom thought that was the lyrics for, like, most of her childhood. Really? Yeah, she, <laughs> so she was always singing it like horses. <laughs> By the way, Janice Joplin did drive a Porsche, and it was, like, painted with all this cool hippie shit. Okay, so Janice Joplin. Everyone knows her, right? Everyone's familiar? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. I was always a big fan in, you know, high school and college. I used to listen to her uh, CD in my car because that was the days of CDs. I used to play her CD in my boombox freshman year. Damn, we're old. Like, boombox. I also think I was a little behind. Oh, like, my boombox was, like, in the 80s. <laughs> my mom sent me with a boombox, but I ended up getting into, like, iTunes that year. So, and, okay. like, LimeWire. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know. That was big. I remember, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Oh, my God. LimeWire, FrostWire. Yeah. Yeah. I have quite the collection. No, no, I don't have a collection, actually, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I met a guy at work who says he literally pays for everything, music. Uh, and I'm like, well, you're, you're a nice person, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, well, there's Pandora. I do, but because I found an easy way to get the music I want is Amazon Prime. You can get a lot of free music. Download That's it true. onto your phone. Right, right. I love Amazon Prime. You guys don't have mm-hmm. Spotify? or I have, I have Spotify. Spotify. I have but there's a lot too. of, yeah. like, Taylor Swift isn't on Spotify, and she's kind of like my girl. So yeah. she's um she's not on Spotify because she wants like the royalties. Yeah. Whatever. She sounds like a terrible person. Like I feel like if she and she I is. were 
if she and I were friends, I feel like we'd be like brunch friends. Like we'd get brunch and catch up, but it would really be all about her. And then we'd like be like, all right, see you next weekend for brunch. She seems really like uh, like nasty nice, you know, like one yeah. of the girls. But her music is I good. I love her music. Her music is I, good. I like her country. I like her she pop. She makes great, great music. I love Taylor Swift. I'm not a T-Swift, as I call it, because we're tight. <laughs> you guys are tight like Because we have brunch. <laughs> of course. Okay. okay. So, Janis Joplin. I'm going to talk about people that she inspired later. So, she was born in part after Texas. Um, that's not a Texan accent. That was very Midwestern. Um, on January 19th, 1943, to, uh, se- oh, the food's here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hold on, let me just ring them up really quick. Seth Joplin. She had two younger siblings, Michael and Laura. Laura actually wrote a book about her, which I'll reference later. Um, so, you know, she's, um, has always kind of talked about how she really never fit in and um as a, as you know a kid and a teenager because she was like you know not a class like you know the typical body type and you know she had acne like any other teenager but it was like really bad and um you know they would make fun of her and call her names i know that she she was always just kind of like who she was and authentic to herself uh, vocal. She was very vocal about her opinions uh, that she was for um, integration and it was a very active um, KKK area so all the kids made fun of her and they called her an N-word lover and they uh, typically called her a pig and a freak and a creep um, so you know she's quoted saying uh, you know that I was a misfit I read I painted I thought and I didn't hate N-words when she first started out, uh-huh. it was kind of like she wasn't a person who grew up singing from a super young age and was just like, that was her focus and that was her dream. That's where she was going to be. Like, she found out she could sing because she was like hanging out with some friends in high school. And friends, by the way, who felt like she got them in trouble too many times. So I don't know how good of friends they were, but she she was like just playing some records and she was like 17 and just singing. She's like, oh, wow, I, I can kind of sing. Yeah, she can. And that's how she found out she had a great voice. Like, that's kind of crazy to me. She knew how to sing it. Yeah. Like, like usually I feel like you find that kind of stuff out earlier. Hey, yeah. that. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I guess it's when you don't have a conventional voice. You know, right. you don't think you're to sing like that. Like a lot of what she talks about is how she wasn't one of those dainty women from Texas. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was and like she was really never going to be that. But I think a part of her kind of wanted to be. Like, yeah, everyone I got else. that yeah. too. So after her, she found out she could sing. She uh was started singing like kind of like just for fun and at bars and stuff just for like beer money and she first sang i think like her first band that she joined i think was the waller creek boys oh that's right and um even (laughs) though she was like not even if she like went away from the high school scene where she got made fun of she was getting made fun of just by being out there too, like ev- it seemed like she, everywhere home. she went. Yeah, poor baby. And it's really sad. You know, yeah. kids are mean. 
They but really are. You hear like interviews and of her talking about it, and you, you could hear the sadness. I mean, who wouldn't be sad? This really hurt her feelings. They voted her the ugliest man yeah, when she yeah. was in Austin. I heard that. Yeah. That's really sad, actually. She became this really unlikely sex symbol, though, when she was famous. She still did, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, for reals. Yeah. She went to San Francisco, which is where everyone went, um, you know, to become part of, like, the hippie movement, the Haight-Ashbury scene. So when she first got there, she met Jay Whitaker at a party. Um, and then they started a romantic relationship, and she lived with her, but they broke up because of... Um, you know, Janice's hard drug use and her sexual relationships with other people. She was also tight with uh, Peggy Caserta, who was like, uh, she owned a store, and apparently the two of them were really bad influences on each other, and that they um, they were both pretty heavy drug users, and like they would agree later during down the road that they were better apart. So, you know, Janice was in San Francisco doing a lot of drugs, um, she became engaged to Peter DeBlanc in the fall of 65. So when they were in this relationship, you know, they both were like on a lot of drugs and then they wanted to get clean. So she went back home to, you know, they wanted to get clean to get married. So they went back home to, um, to get clean. So they were apart. She was back in Texas and, um, he was in New York and he asked her father for her hand in marriage, and they began planning the wedding. And then it turned out he was living with another woman that he got pregnant. So they broke up. But it was like pretty far along in the relationship to to break up. Like he really like seemed like he was all in. It was pretty devastating for her. I feel like I heard about something recently where somebody. Um, uh, it was Amy, right? And um, he was th- he got another woman pregnant. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that wasn't the best relationship, but it, it was pretty devastating for her. Um, so, you know, she wanted to stay out of San Francisco because of her drug use. She didn't want to go back, you know. Um but she was recruited by Chet Helms, a friend of hers, a promoter who had known her, you know, in Texas. And he was managing Big Brother and the holding company. So he got in touch and had her brought out to San Francisco. So they often partied with the Grateful Dead, who lived really close by. And she had a short relationship with uh, Pigpen, uh, Ron McCurman. Um, but they had a long, like, friendship afterwards. And... Uh, in 1967, she met uh, Country Joe of Country Joe and the Fish, and they lived together for a few months. So talk about, like, a Woodstock orgy. <laughs> um, so then in 1968, the last day of, like, her East Coast tour with Big Brother, um, they performed with Jimi Hendrix, Buddy Guy, Joni Mitchell, Richie Havens, Paul Butterfield, and Elvin Bishop at the wake of Martin Luther King uh, when they did a concert in New York. The Monterey Pop Festival. Oh, yeah. As that was, like, kind of one of the pinnacle points of launching her famousness. It was a huge turning point for her. Yeah. Corn cookie. Corn cookie. Corns are, like, very record, like, executives there who were, like, all, like, vying to sign her. 
after they saw, you know, her perform, it was like, it was a huge turning point in her career. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, is like, well, everybody, like D.A. Pennybaker, who he is a pretty well-known documentary filmmaker for film for music-based docs um but he was having everybody get a release obviously and no one from um the big brother crew including the manager wanted to sign it they were like oh we're not you know gonna let you just like use this music for free like in a documentary they they didn't want to be on it like yeah but then I think they reluctantly agreed. So, and it ended up being like a launch pad for them. So, um, that was pretty cool. Um, like what songs did they sing? I think Cuckoo and the Last Time mm-hmm. were two tracks that they did there that I think because of that festival, they released as singles. And you should see the vi- the video from the Monterey Pop Festival. They focus on Mama Cass. Yeah, I saw face. it. She was like, oh my God. I was mouthing. Like, she was like blown away by Janice. I didn't know who that was. I was watching the footage and I was like, why are they on this woman's face? <laughs> I didn't recognize her. She was wearing sunglasses. Yeah, I oh, actually yeah. saw that and I was like, wow. She was blown away by Janice. I was like, why are they focusing on this poor woman's face? She's just <laughs> in the audience. Yeah. It's Mama Cass. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, I love her. Incredible. Yeah, she's amazing. We'll have to right. cover her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always think that I might have like a mama cast like death because I eat really fast and I, <laughs> I, I choke on food like a lot. So that's my thing is I always think I'm going to, that's how I'll go, you know? Oh my gosh. That's, and it's not a fun way to go. Did you really? I heard that was a myth. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll we're going to find out. We'll get to that. We're going to get to the bottom of that. I feel like I'm going to have an Elvis death. It'll be like on the toilet, <laughs> the toilet. for some reason or, or another. I don't know. That's I live on the toilet, so it probably would happen to me. Yeah. I'm always on the I bring my phone <laughs> on the toilet. I'm like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't think I'll die of a heroin overdose. I think I'm, I'm clear well, of that. No. Yeah. What did you guys think of her rendition of Summertime? I heard it. You never heard it? <laughs> no. Oh, you're going to have to listen to it. Okay, I will. It's really different. It's good. It's great. It's amazing. Like, I love when anyone does Summertime because it's one of the most beautiful songs ever written. But her rendition is so different. It's it's really, she makes it Are her we own. talking about Summertime and the Living? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great song. I haven't heard her rendition. Her rendition's really different. Okay, I'll have to listen. Yeah. yeah. What else you got, Liz? <laughs> um... So, I guess, like, the Monterey Bob thing launched her career, but, like, in conjunction with that, Cheap Thrills, like, came out, like, at the same time right. as the, the Penny Baker documentary came out, and that had Summertime on it and also had Peace of My Heart, so two huge songs right off there, mm-hmm. and that really, um, that album was number one on the Billboard 200 for um, eight weeks. So that's pretty big. I mean, to go from, like, just think, like, 
she died at 27 to finding out you can sing at 17 to like Ooh. having all this happen in between is pretty nuts. It sounded there was like a lot of drama, like in relationships with people too. Yeah. There were quite a few, few dudes who like meant a lot to her in that short time. So later that month, Big Brother uh, and Janice played at the University of Massachusetts Amherst and the Worcester Polytechnic Institute. And um, during that concert, bassist Peter Albin was like making fun of Janice to the audience, like made fun of her like panting like a dog because she was planning on leaving them. Um, I think they were very jealous of her success and they kind of didn't like that she was getting all the attention and the band wasn't. Like it was really just Janice and her band. So... And then, but then when she left, they were all upset. Like, she's, you know, ruining the band. She's leaving. But it's because they needed her. So, so yeah, she left. And then she formed the um, the Cosmic Blues Band with keyboardist Stephen Ryder and saxophonist um, Cornelius Snooky Flowers. As well as a former Big Brother member who left with her, Sam Andrew. And the bassist was Brad Campbell. So, they played Woodstock. She was, um, back when they, you know, Monterey Pop Festival kind of made them, um, and her performance was unbelievable. And then at Woodstock, it was still really good, but she was really fucked up. Because apparently they got there, like, really early. So she was just kind of stuck there waiting. So she ended up drinking and doing all this heroin. But it was still a good performance, and it was an iconic performance, so then she formed the Full Tilt Boogie Bands. So in February 1970, Joplin traveled to Brazil to, you know, get clean again because she was always on again, off again. I think there was an incident where she was at a party. They were passing on a bottle of wine that was laced with acid and she didn't know. And she was drinking a lot of it because she was a heavy drinker. And then um, someone was like, wow, you must really want to get high. And she was like, what? And then they told her it was laced with acid. And she went to try and make herself throw up. But obviously that didn't work. She got high. So I think that might have uh, gotten her back into the drugs. So she wanted to get clean. She went to Brazil. And that is where she met an American tourist named uh, David Newhouse. Uh, he was traveling the world. And in the documentary, he seemed like he really loved her. Um, but then she began using heroin again, and he he couldn't handle that. He he couldn't watch that happen to her, and he left. Um, so that was uh, that was rough for her because I think they wanted like he would start a life with her, but he couldn't. You know, he kind of saw where this was going. So then in 1970 Janice and Full Tilt Boogie joined the All-Star Festival Express tour um, with Buddy Guy the band uh, the Flying Burrito Brothers 10 years after the Grateful Dead Delaney and Bonnie Eric Anderson and Ian and Sylvia so a cool fun fact about 1970 is she joined in with Juanita Green um, who worked for Bessie Smith to buy Bessie Smith a headstone because they were such big fans because she had an unmarked grave. That's a fun fact. So they were recording and actually what people don't know about Janice because she's such a laid back hippie type, she's actually a huge perfectionist with the music. She would make everyone stay 
um, and do everything over and over again when they were recording. So she was in the midst of that. She was perform She was working on that song by Chris Christopherson, Me and Bobby McGee. Great song. Yes. <laughs> <coughs> That's like her famous song. And um, Was it actually based on a relationship, like a real person? or No, it was someone else's song. But what was based on a real relationship was that song, Move Over. That was, yeah. And uh, a lot of like her performance and like, you know, her things she said and repeated her movements came from Otis Redding. Actually, he was a huge influence for her. In addition, of course, like Bessie Smith and Ma Rainey. But, um, you know, she obviously had a hell of a voice on her. So she, uh, they were recording and she, you know, went back to her hotel. Um, she didn't show up at recording the next day, which is why they were worried because she was really diligent about it and she worked very hard. So the road manager, John Cook, drove to the Landmark Motel where she was staying and he, he saw her Porsche. It was hard to miss. It was all painted and stuff. And, uh, she, he got in her room and she, uh, he found her dead on the floor beside her bed. The official cause of death was a heroin overdose, possibly made worse by alcohol. But as it turns out, like there were several other customers of that same dealer that overdosed that week. So it might've been just too potent. So that was how she passed. She was supposedly engaged to this 21 year old guy at the time, but it seemed like she was engaged a few times, but like the day she died, like a postcard came to her because she was clean for a while at that point and that was like a relapse um a postcard came to her from that guy she met in brazil saying he wanted to like try things again it was really sad because she she was like i got clean let's you know start this again and he was going to but yeah i think she just wanted to feel something there was no one around so that's how that ended thoughts sorry was i just read that all like in one breath. <laughs> you did. I know. I was like, Emily. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, none of it was funny. So I didn't stop. No, I know. I think that Big Brother and the Holding Company might have still had a little bit of a grudge against her based on the interviews I saw. But, uh, hmm. yeah. They were still bitter after all those years. Well, I yeah, <laughs> I think they were bitter because they never really made it after that. You know, their whole Jealousy. thing was her. Yeah. She's a great singer. So... Yeah, heroin was her was her issue. But alcohol was worse for her. Like it actually did more damage to her body. Yeah. And perhaps if somebody had found her um, it's a, sooner, yeah. she could have survived, you know? But. Yeah, possibly. I think they, she also really hadn't sad. done it in a while. She had kicked the habit. That's she, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, she was really on again, off again. Like, the whole time, she was really trying to kick it. And she had kicked it for a while at that point, as you said. Yeah, and at that point, and she was really focusing on her work. So I wonder what made her go back. So I wrote that it just boredom. I don't know, like what made her go. It's a little back bit of boredom. I think she was supposed to meet up with her fiance and a friend that night, and they both bailed on her. Probably was a little so, depressed about it. Yeah, you know, yeah, oh, you, know, you ever get a little down when someone like, bails oh, on you? Great. Like that ruined my night. Like <laughs> yeah. I didn't make any other plans because right. we had plans, and you know. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like hearing that she really disliked downtime yes. and like she always needed validation and she was always so desperate to find happiness so like when she wasn't distracted by the music or other people mm -hmm. like she would just use drugs to cope yeah she would always say that like being on stage was a high and then but after you leave you're still yourself you know you still right. have to deal with reality you yeah know? That's weird. yeah 
I got that feeling. I like to be busy, you know, uh-huh. in order to think about my mortality. Anyone else do that? Stay busy <laughs> to not think about death? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? Because I feel like if mm-hmm. I had time, how would I not be thinking about death all the time? Yeah. It's kind of true. It's true. Yeah. I don't know. That is true. And we all have, I feel like, our ways to cope with, like, loneliness or sadness during downtime. Like, some people take naps. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a lot, like, it doesn't have to be heroin, but we've all got our, like, (laughs) We all have devices. I I eat. I eat. I eat and I, like, listen to music and watch TV. That's what I do. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's weird because I always want to, it's, like, weird. Nowadays, I always kind of want to be lonesome around people all the time at work, but now, like, um, I guess if I if I had like a few days off or something, I think I would go crazy, and like, I hate yeah. my job. Like <laughs> I always think that I'd like to be on vacation, and just sit at home and do nothing. But like whenever I'm at home for like more than two days, then I'm really bored, and I'm like, oh my god, what am I gonna do with myself? Like <laughs> when I was yeah, freelancing, I, go I got really depressed because like you know I didn't have a schedule, I didn't have any reason to get up in the morning. Yeah, you know I had interviews, and then you know I had some freelance work, but. It was like, it felt like a purposeless existence. Right. I was home for a year after I graduated college, could not find mm-hmm. a job. And like, I was job hunting all the time, but it was depressing being home. I'm like, oh, another day of watching yeah. talk shows and eating. And all your friends yeah. have jobs and oh like, they don't want to hang out during the week. I don't, oh, can you guys, they're like, oh, I have work tomorrow. I'm I like, know. Oh. Ugh, yeah. I think that's when I when I first moved home from college. I worked for a year and then I was freelancing for a year and I had a lot of downtime and I got really depressed and I started drinking so much heavier than oh I gosh. ever had. Like I like straight up just like really heavy drinking. It was very destructive. I wow. did a lot of stupid shit. But um yeah, it was because I was bored. Yeah, that can happen when you're bored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're bored. Absolutely. Yeah, no. I only drink like that when I'm, like, nervous or bored. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm going to get more tequila. What? Let me get some more. Are, are we boring you? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay. So, would anybody date anyone named Pigpen? That's a good question. Yeah. Very good That's, question. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know. That's not the best name. <laughs> And Janice was always like, oh, he's so cute. And I'm like, hmm, is he though? I don't know. He sounded like your type, like Big Bear. <laughs> no. What was, what's your, like, first, like, um, memory of listening to Janice Joplin? Or, like, what, what does it make you think of? I feel like... Gee, someone else go first. Okay. I feel like I started listening to her in high school um, when I got really into music. And... Um, my mom had her greatest hit CD and she'd play it and she had such a cool voice and I wanted to sound like her. And if I was alone in the car, I'd be like belting it out, mm-hmm. trying to sing like her. But because I am a soprano, it sounds really different when I sing it. Right. So I'm more of like a Joni Mitchell type of singer, but I would love to have like that, like that like hard voice, you know, do you remember that girl in college, Liz? Um, that girl who, She's, you know, had that voice. She sounded like Janis Joplin. Do you remember? Who played, like, the acoustic guitar? Yeah. Yeah. I run into her sometimes in the city. She lives here now. We've just, I've just seen her on the street. That's strange. 
Well, she lives here now. I think once we stopped. And but talked, it's a big place. Yeah, I know. I, I see her in the same areas, I guess, like Union Square. Uh, Sophia? Right. Oh, yeah, we should plug her. If you want to hear someone who sings kind of similarly to Janis Joplin, go to YouTube and look up um, Sophia Wartzel. That's her name. Um, she's actually incredible. She really is. She, like... I used to like stalk her online when mm -hmm. I was here in college because she was just so good and I liked her music and sometimes wow. I'll even sing it in the shower. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> While we're plugging, Adair Powers. She is like a bluesy voice. She's performing in New York City and Brooklyn around like she's been really good. While we're plugging, let me tell you all the people I stalk in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about like musicians that I know that are like singers. Okay, okay. Those are the only two that I know. But they're both really good and they have those bluesy voices. Nice. <laughs> it's topical. Yeah, as far as Janice goes, I remember my mom, sorry, my mom is a big fan of her, so I remember she had the Pearl album, of course. Oh, yeah. And I think the first song I heard of hers was uh, uh, Mercedes Benz. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my God, she's like, I'm like, you know, wow, this this is a really powerful voice, you know? So, no. like, I had always liked, like, older music since I was a kid. So, you know, I definitely um, liked Janice from, you know, a young age. And I thought she was, I always thought she was really talented and wanted to know more about her. So, definitely the Pearl album, I'd say, was my first, like, introduction to Janice. Yeah. I thought her style was really cool. I'm like, oh, this is cool lady on the cover of this album. <laughs> like, she had awesome, like, what did she have? Like, a purple, like, uh, yeah. ensemble on right like, if you go to Woodstock like, it is like Janis so Joplin cool. land like they, yeah. they have the stores <laughs> they have it's just so many pictures of her uh, I gotta go someday they're like For they're sure. like yeah she's one of ours I'm like, okay <laughs> but awesome. uh yeah I know the Pearl album was released after her death because right. they were recording it it's kind of sad that she didn't get to see what a huge success it I became I know yeah. she got so famous though like in her lifetime like yeah. she really did see it she did and uh which is cool because I felt like she felt kind of like you know, rejected by society her whole life, and then she goes to, like, the Haight-Ashbury yeah. area, and, like, everyone's weird and different, and they, like, love her for yeah. being weird and different. That's what I liked about her. She's very authentic. She never found her to be pretentious. Yeah. She was just herself. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. You know? I feel like it was mostly, like, the, the emotions in her songs. Like, yeah. I feel like it's a lot of stuff I'd be afraid to say. Right. It's, she's very vulnerable. Well, some people, I noticed, like, a lot of musicians, some of them, like, they're able to express themselves best through their music and, like, yeah. maybe she had a lot of pain and everything inside, and it really comes out when you listen to her yeah. music, so. Well, like, yeah. her voice, the way she sings and the yeah. way she performs it, but then also the lyrics on their own, like, it's like, wow, like, I've felt that way before, but I don't know if I would say that it's so, and, you know, it's, right. like, so open, but that's what was cool about her. She was her. okay with being vulnerable yeah. and like that. Yeah, that was what was really awesome about yeah, it. Yeah, Absolutely. About you, Liz. Well, I would say, yeah, it was probably like around high school time, and the first song that I heard was one of the most popular ones, "Piece of My Heart." That was my first one. Yeah. <laughs> and just like her voice and like the way she like just commanded like, the stage or any recording, like, over the instruments and stuff, you could tell that she was, like, a strong feminist person, and she had just, it was, like, all, like, woman power, and, like, it really sounded like she just didn't care what other people thought, and she was just going to be her, and I thought that was pretty, 
like empowering and gave me a lot to think about I feel like at a young age. I feel like her songs were about needing a man. What? I feel like a lot of her songs were about like needing a man. Like, I need a man to love. You know that I need a man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I kind of liked that about it even because it's like no girl wants to say that. But that's what her songs right. are about is like loneliness and heartbreak. She's honest, yeah. I mean, it's honest. It's yeah. like, yeah, you we've all been there. So you know, we all like, are yeah. like, I don't need no mans. But, <laughs> you know, some nights when it's raining and I'm looking, you know, out at the rain, you yeah. know, I, you know, it'd be nice to snuggle. That's what dogs are for. That is what dogs True. are for. I was to a new podcast recently where they were talking about how they hate single people with dogs because that's clearly their replacement boyfriend. What? And I'm like, what? that's me. I'm like, I'm a single person who gets dogs. But they're so cute. Yeah, but you actually really like them. I, I do. It's I not because you're looking for replacement. Or no, anything. yeah. I particularly like love animals. Yeah. I'm dying without a dog right now. Oh. I know. I know. I just need more money. That bills. Ollie was a fortune. Still paying that off. We take donations. Yes. <laughs> we, we're we're going to have a Patreon. And uh, yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. That's, that's going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll get additional content from our shenanigans <laughs> is really what you'll get. So I think it's a pretty good trade-off. Yeah, yeah. it's decent. What did you think about the movie with uh, Bette Midler? Did you see it? No, like, I didn't see it. I heard there was one of... with Zoe Deschanel. No, I've never heard of that one. <laughs> I know. I only heard about it in my research, and I'm like, I have to see that. I don't see how that works. I haven't seen the Batman one in some time, but I remember like watching it like when I was pretty young and like crying because I was so oh. sad. You know, I was like, "Oh my God, poor Jizz." That's by the way in um the documentary. Did it seem pretty clear that her and Dick Cavett fucked? Right. Yeah. Yeah, like they definitely fucked. Yeah, because he was uh, wasn't he the one who was like, yeah. We might have had a, uh, an intimate relationship at some point or something. Not he didn't say that, but it he was said like, it like I'm not going to outright say it, but it de- definitely fucked. Yeah, like he hinted <laughs> yeah. very hardcore. Yeah, at he it. really did. He really did. <laughs> and we're like, congratulations! Like it sounds. I mean, what? You're, you're it did br- sound like he was bragging. He was for totally sure. bragging. What? What was her like deal? With her and um. Jim Morrison. Didn't he, like, try to proposition her? So what happened was, this is funny because it says really different in her biographies. It's really different than in his biographies. So, like, in his, it sounds like he was just being an asshole. In hers, it sounds like he actually, like, was in awe of her. So I don't know. But either way... He um he went to kiss her when she was in the car and she hit him over the head with I a heard it was more than that, but who knows? Like I What did she hit him with? <laughs> Jack, bottle? A liquor bottle. Jack Daniels, I think. Yeah. But I saw an interview. Nice. Yeah. I saw an interview that she did and she was like, Oh, you know, um, Jim Morrison's my favorite singer, and she was kind of it's in a sarcastic way. Mm-hmm. So I figured something had happened between them and she took a drink and she was laughing. So I'm like, Oh yeah, obviously something happened, uh, I think they them. hooked up once, but like that was the first time they'd met, and he didn't make the best impression on her. Yeah, because uh, she clearly hit him over the head with a bottle. Yeah, well, <laughs> but like it, it's because he got That's very stupid. drunk at that party and started just being belligerent. Yeah, I could see it happening. Then. Yeah, <laughs> but in his documentaries, it just sounds like he was being an asshole. But in hers, it said it sounds like like he was excited to meet her and drank out of nervousness or something. So I don't actually know where the truth lies there. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, either way. They both fucked a lot of people, so I'm sure they fucked each mm-hmm. other at some point. <laughs> yeah, they all hung around the same scene. You hear about like a lot of the same um, musicians inspiring them. 
like Bob Dylan, she was a huge fan of Bob Dylan before oh. she was famous. Yeah. And then I heard, well, it actually in the, that documentary, which, the documentary? what was the exact name of that? Oh, it was, um, Little Girl, Lo- Little Girl Blue. Yes. I don't want to misread that, but I, they mentioned that she saw Bob Dylan mm-hmm. and went up to him, like all excited, like, I'm, she's like, Bob, I'm going to be famous one day. And he just responded, yeah, we're all going to be famous. (laughs) And that was it. That seems like a very Bob Dylan thing to say. He's such an asshole, but I I love him. I can totally see him saying that, yeah. Oh, God. I know. (laughs) God. Like, I feel like I don't, like, I've been, was wanting to see him perform live because I never have. And, like, how much more of an opportunity are you going to get? Yeah. But, like, I heard that. Nowadays, it's just, like, sad. So, like, I don't want to be sad. I saw him a few years back. How was he? It was great, but it wasn't the music we know. It was... Right. It was new. And anytime he did play something, I knew it was so different and changed. And he was so hard to understand that I didn't realize he was singing it. Yeah. But it was great. I I went with my mom. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got tickets kind of hoping to take this guy. And uh, he didn't get the hint, so I ended up taking my mom, and I got the tickets, like, the day of, like, the last minute. It was just, like, a serendipitous, like, they kind of fell into my lap kind of thing. So he didn't get the hint, uh, so I took my mom, and she fucking loved it. She was like, this is great, <laughs> obviously. I'm like, yeah, you were around during that time. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, so books that I would recommend reading if you want to learn more about Janis Joplin. Love Janis by Laura Joplin, her sister. Uh, Buried Alive by Myra Friedman, Scars of Sweet Paradise by Alice Eccles, and then I would recommend seeing the documentary on Netflix, Janice, Little Girl Blue. And here is my list of artists that I think if you like Janice Joplin, which, you know, I'm sure all of you have heard her, but if you haven't, if you're living under a rock, Google it, like, her voice is amazing. If you like that, Here's a list of bands I think you would like based on who inspired her, her contemporaries, and who she inspired later. So here's here's my list, okay? You guys can react to it. It's okay. I don't have to read it all straight. Okay. <laughs> Bessie Smith, Ovs, mm-hmm. Ma Rainey, Ovs, Howlin' Wolf, T-Bone Walker, Blind Lemon Jefferson, Big Mama Thornton, um, you know, the Mamas and Papas, and... Uh, Memphis Minnie, John Lee Hooker, Billie Holiday, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Hound Dog Taylor, Snooky Pryor, Buddy Guy, Lead Belly, Slim Harpo. You know he sings that song, Strange Love. Yeah. <laughs> Bo Diddley, Muddy Waters, who seems to be everyone's inspiration yeah. in that time period. Um, Robert Johnson, Odessa Harris, Odetta, Elvis, Waylon Jennings, Hank Williams, Little Richard, Johnny Winter, Aretha Franklin, mm. everyone wants to party with Aretha, <laughs> The Doors, The Almond Brothers, The Grateful Dead, uh, so you could hear Pigpen, guy she dated, Eric Clapton, Country Joe and the Fish, another guy she dated, go for it, Richie Havens, Woody and Arlo Guthrie, Jimi Hendrix, The Rolling Stones, Bonnie Raitt, 
I would say I actually saw that was my first concert. I don't remember really? it. Well, I remember. <laughs> so you know how I think our first concert was Utopia. Yeah. It, I mean, it was, but I, my mom, when I was a kid, took me to a Bonnie Raitt concert. It was like an outdoor picnic type thing, so I don't have a lot of memories of it. Nice. <laughs> yes. BB King, uh, Etta James, Jefferson Airplane, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, Fleetwood Mac, Nina Simone, The Beatles, The Mamas and Papas, Tina Turner. The Animals, The Black Keys, Fiona Apple, Melissa Etheridge, Joss Stone. Do you guys know Rhiannon Giddens? I don't. So Heard of. She's fucking amazing. So, like, if you want someone for, for their, like, oh, my God. Yeah, look her up. She's great. Okay. I'm we'll a fan. It. Pink, who I think even spoke in the documentary. She's a big fan. Joan Jett, Alicia Keys, and Florence and the Machine. It's a pretty good list. That's like a pretty That's a long list. list, right? Well, I can so I included like people that inspired her, like the blues artist that she specifically has mentioned before. The her contemporaries that have the same psychedelic element, and then people who are known for their voices and who have like commented on, you know, like Janis Joplin being an influence. Right, because I noticed quite a few who were influenced by her as well. Yeah. Least, so yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, there really hasn't been another Janice, you know? And there never no. will be. There never <laughs> will be. No, that's she a, was that's totally a, unique. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you remember in that movie, Across the Universe? And they had that one woman singing. Like, she was supposed to be, like, a Janice Joplin type. That movie sucked, by the way. <laughs> it was, <laughs> the music was good. But, like, it was, like, just the story sucked. Mm. Um, it was, like, just a bunch of music videos sewn together. Some were good. Some were shitty. What did you think, Liz? You seem to make a noise over there. It, it was so good. I <laughs> barely remember it. Did we see it together? I remember. I think so. Because I remember I saw it in college. Yeah. And never since. Yeah, I have a soundtrack because it, it's cool. Like, the music's cool, but the, its story yeah. was so bad. And, like, 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 there was just nothing endearing about the characters. And, like... But I liked their voices, but um, I liked mainly um, the brother. Every scene with the brother and the Vietnam stuff was really good. Um, the Magical Mystery Tour stuff, I did not like. It seemed like a ripoff of Moulin Rouge. And the story, the love story was just so, ble so not, I felt nothing, nothing. Still a better love story than Twilight. It is a better Anything love story is. than Twilight. <laughs> Twilight is straight up abuse. Anything's better. Visual is, yeah, abuse. Really, Twilight is alarming. Like, no young girl should watch that and think that that's a relationship. Well, that's not okay. Yeah. No, there's nothing okay about Twilight. <laughs> have you ever seen Twilight? I have. I saw, like, the first one. And I saw the one of the movies. One. I think I saw the second one. Like, honestly, the first one was my favorite one out of all of them. Yeah. And it was so boring. How many are there? I don't know. There's, they, you know, they split the third one. Yeah. But they were all terrible. The first one was the best one out of all of them, and it was boring as fuck. I've only seen the first one, and I wanted to die. Yeah. My favorite is when they're, like, on the beach, and they're like, what did they say? They're like, oh, the Cullens don't come here. And later she's like, oh, why did they say the Cullens don't come here? Oh, you heard that, right? Well, yeah, he just fucking said it. Like, what? <laughs> He just said it, like, in front of everyone. Like My favorite part is when he, he goes, climb on my back, spider monkey, and then oh he runs God. off the mountain. <laughs> and his legs are, like, moving like the road runner. Oh, my God. 
what terrible. has happened to vampires? That's terrible. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Oh, the things I've let people force me to watch. <laughs> it's amazing. It took me a while to watch Twilight because I thought it sounded stupid for a long time, but it became such a big thing that I finally, like, it was on TV once and I watched it. It's like the Fifty Shades phenomenon. Uh, I don't get it either. Like, it's Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. I saw the first one, but I wasn't interested in seeing it. Oh, it's, it was, it. it's not sexy. Yeah. They have no, like, chemistry. It's either, not sexy at all. I was like, what is this? Like, this is, what's the big deal? Yeah. It's, I didn't it, the enjoy movie, it. it's like, it's like, um, it's just not sexy. Yeah. Like, like nothing yeah. sexy about the sex they have. Nothing yeah. sexy about that movie. It's supposed to be like a like kind of kind of like dirty movie. Yeah. And it's not nope. Feel nothing in my nether regions. <laughs> nothing. I read all three books though. The books were better. <laughs> the books were I mean, they I, were hotter than the movie, but yeah. like, oh, it was painful. It was like I felt like an English teacher would have a heart attack. It was so, like, the same <laughs> phrases were repeated over and over and over again. And it was, like, it was so bad. But I totally masturbated to it. So I guess it did its job. <laughs> like, totally did. But, oh like, it, it, the first one. But, um, not all of them. But uh, I, I read them all real quick. But I've read way better erotic novels than that. Like, that's ridiculous. That wasn't even that, like risque it was mostly just sexist and boring yeah i'm not a fan <laughs> and they they cast it terribly like the and and that guy the guy who plays why are we talking about this um christian gray he's actually a really good actor um really? He's i haven't from, seen him in anything he's from else. ireland he's in the, the fall watch the fall he plays okay. a serial killer he's so good in that he's so bad in oh 50 shades gosh. of gray i haven't seen the um the other Fifty Shades of Grey movies, but I feel like I don't need to, you know? My life will go on if I don't see it. I've never felt the need to read any of the books or see any of the yeah. movies. <laughs> You're not So I haven't. Place, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I read mostly, um, mostly like a lot of classic literature in my early 20s, and then I started, like, I was like, I have to read something people are talking about. So I read The Hunger Games, which is fucking amazing. Mm. And That's what I did with Ready Player One. It's good. I, lo I love the movie. And usually it's not my type of movie. <coughs> but I saw it recently and I, I really enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah. I didn't see it. I was shocked at how much I loved The Hunger Games. It was. So, I mean, people had told me I was going to love it. But like, well, then I followed that up with the trilogy of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was at the time I was working somewhere. The girls were kind of basic. So we talked about So that, you like, wanted like, insight in their culture? Yeah, basically all I could talk about was reality TV. That's all I had. So let's get on a literary plane together, you know? But even they hated those books. They were like, this is so badly written. <laughs> this is so poorly written. I can't even stand it. I'm not going to finish it. I'm just not going to finish it. I'm going to go get my nails done and get a better book. I think I'm just going to read some Dostoevsky, you know? I don't know. I'm just going to get it. Just going to read it. Just going to, you know, that's going to be a better book. I just know it. I just know it. Because the last time I read him, he was great. He was great. <laughs> and that's my impression of a Long Island accent. <laughs> it was fantastic. I was getting my nails done. I was getting my hair done. I was getting my eyelashes done. I was getting my feet done. You know, I was getting butthole my butt done. done. Butthole. I was getting my asshole bleached. <laughs> <laughs> and I was reading some Dostoevsky. And then I changed to some Henry Miller. And I really <laughs> 
And then I decided to take a step further into the future and read a little more um, like uh, David Foster Wallace. You know, have you read him? He's good. It's good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> then I went back and read some Camus. You guys read Camus? Camus great. Camus great. Put a little Camus on my nail. <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious. Everything oh. in life is meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh my god, but did you see the Jersey Shore came back? Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, did it really? Yes, yeah. I fucking did. I haven't seen it yet. Reunion. Yeah, I love it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm really excited. I have my like one of my guilty pleasures. I love I love Jersey Shore. Yeah. The only like mm. my reality TV phase was when I lived at home with my parents in my early twenties and um my friend they would come over, my friends, we'd all get together to watch it every week. Jersey Shore was the thing. And we would talk about, like, it was that Jersey Shore, Real Housewives. Oh, yeah. Beverly Hills in New Jersey, mine. But, um, I think that was it. Right? My boyfriend doesn't let, we never live together. He doesn't let you watch what? Housewives? (laughs) Reality TV. Yeah. (laughs) What do you mean he doesn't let you? You don't need to be let to do anything. Right, I'll be at my own damn house. Or had anyone say, let Janice do this? No, she didn't. She just did it. So, I'll be at my own damn house, and I'll have reality TV on, and he will say no, and he will take the remote, and he will change it. He needs to open his mind, because the beauty of reality TV... Yeah, he's missing out. Yeah, (laughs) it's lost on some. Some people think they're above reality TV until they've seen it. Oh! (laughs) um, What was it, Mob Wives? Oh, yeah. Did you see that one the woman who recorded with the guys from Wu-Tang Clan? That was the best shit I'd ever seen. Renee or... I don't know. Wu-Tang or... Clan was there. It was hilarious. It was yeah, but... She's uh... like, I'm really good friends with Wu-Tang. <laughs> Me and the Wu are Wu-Tang. It's hilarious. And they're from Staten Island, so I guess, you know, right? Yeah. I guess they have that connection. I don't know. Hilarious. You know, their entire podcast dedicated to talking about reality shows that are out now. Okay, I I'm love behind, reality. Though, so. Did you guys ever watch Growing Up Gotti? I love that show. No, but they were, no. they were oh lived near me in Long Island. They were in Long Island, right? They'd yeah. be screaming about their hair gel. Like, Ma, he was my hair gel, Ma! <laughs> <laughs> and she'd be like, you know what? You just go upstairs right now and just like, argue about this hair gel. It was hilarious. Oh my God. I love that show. I love Growing Up Gotti. So. Oh my God. <laughs> I really yeah. liked, um, oh, what's the show I really liked? I liked Real Housewives of New Jersey. I watched, like, yeah. the first couple seasons where Tree, she flips the fucking table. That was the best. Prostitution <laughs> whore! <laughs> That's the best shit I've ever fucking seen. I was like, I'm so happy to be watching this. That was hilarious. Classic. Classic. That was a classic. Never get moment. past that. I always like, As, um, what's her name? Well, um, like, being a human with, like, a taller forehead I was always focused on her very short forehead. She has no like, forehead. It's such a short forehead. It's, yeah. I mean, yes! It's so short! Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's really short. Like, who has a big forehead? Like, Tyra Banks and Rihanna. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? But Teresa has got, like, no a two-inch forehead. It's funny. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> it's funny. She's I don't know. insane. <laughs> oh, I gotta yeah. go to the bathroom. BRB. Okay, okay we'll wait for you. Yeah, I, I love the New Jersey Housewives, but I haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> they were all crazy. They would all get so much They were all crazy, surgery. but she was, yeah. Everyone I know talks about plastic surgery like it's not plastic surgery now. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get a little nip tuck. 
And I'm like, you mean plastic <laughs> surgery? No, 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 just a little nip, a little tuck. <laughs> just nipping and tucking. And I'm like, so plastic surgery? No, 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 you can go to a place, they do it while you're even awake now. It's nothing. <laughs> so Botox, you know, and... You're uh, out in, in like a couple hours, Filler. Right? Filler is yeah. really like a nothing thing. So it is still plastic Dermatic, surgery. Medical spas is what they call That's it. That's a nice way of saying plastic surgery. I know. Dermatologists will do shit for you. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God. I feel weird about it because, I mean, I... I don't know what I would do if I had like like a waddle. I know there. I, I'm not against plastic surgery to be honest. I think if it makes someone feel better about themselves, then they, you know, I'm not against it. And I'm not saying I would ever rule it out. Like you know, who knows when we get older or whatever. I might want to you know <laughs> get some get a little work done, get a little Botox, get a, you know, get something. Who knows? It but. freaks me out too much. Like it's just. I don't like medical procedures, period. I know that's the thing. Like, I say these things, but I'm like terrified of having surgery. Yeah. So I don't think I would do it. I also like, I get really attached to how I like, even things I don't like about myself, yeah. I would feel weird if they were gone. Like, like my, oh my God. My okay. belly. Yeah. If I suddenly had like perfect abs, I think it would freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I would have a lot easier time wearing clothing, but I think it would freak me out. I think if I had smaller boobs, actually, that would feel great. Yeah, it feels so good. I, I can really. It's like oh my god! I'm like I wish I could wear a tank top with a bra. I know. Do you know people who run? People run. I can't run. Oh no! I need to wear like two or three heavy duty. No, ones. Like I like three sports bras. Me too. Unbelievable. <laughs> and like, oh my god. Yeah, I think I think yeah. That's the only thing I think. Maybe I, I do know a girl who got <laughs> breast reductions, and she was so happy with them. But I've known a couple of people. I don't have yeah. back problems or anything, you know. Yeah. Oh, for some reason, Liz, I thought you were in the apartment with us. <laughs> I was just surprised. What? <laughs> I heard something and I thought it was you. Someone. It feels like you're here. That's a good thing. Yeah, I was just going to the bathroom and I was like, oh man, I farted really loud. I hope like <laughs> Kareen and Emily didn't hear me. And I was like, oh, they didn't hear me. They're not in this room. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we were just talking about. Plastic surgery. Are you against it or are you, I mean, I personally, I'm not against it. I think if it makes someone feel better, like I was telling Emily, and that's their own personal decision, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm not against that's it. That's how I feel. It's like yeah. wearing makeup, I guess. Yeah. I was saying I am so attached to myself that I don't think I'd be cool. Like, even if I had, like, if I could get, a, like, a perfect abs, I think I'd be really uncomfortable with it because, like, I'm just used to my little belly, my little roll. And I miss it. <laughs> I miss my role. But then I was saying, I don't know if I'd be that upset about, like, maybe, like, a cup size down. Remember Ash, when she got it? Yeah, and she didn't have to wear a bra, that bitch. I know. She would show off her new boobs so much. Oh, my God. She's like, look at my boobs, and they looked great. Yeah. I know. I'm like, kind of like, hmm, that doesn't seem like a bad idea. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you got all skinny, and, you know, you definitely went down a cup size or two. Then it came back. Oh, no. Yeah. Mine seem to keep getting bigger. I'm not even kidding. Liz, no, like, no, no, even now. I'm, I'm starting to freak out. I tried on bras the other day, and, like, I surpassed the double D. And now I'm, like, freaking out. Like, I'm like, how are they still growing? Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> uh, they're just, like, never going to stop. The only time I ever get went down a size was in high school when I like stopped eating and then lost a ton of weight. When you lose weight, they definitely go down. I, I went down weight, like a yeah. cup size. Mine, I went down a cup size, so it definitely does make a difference. I loved but. it. I loved being a small C. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, one, like a great size. Oh, I, I love. C, I would love to be like a C, C cup. cup. Sounds good. Awesome. 
<laughs> Even a regular D would be nice. Yeah. Double, possibly, what's next? E? E and F, and then I don't know what else. G? <laughs> G. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can handle it. Like, it's just too much. It's like, we were just talking about how you can't run or do any of the stuff that flat chested girls can annoying. do. <laughs> you can run. You just need two sports bras. Exactly. That's what I have I need to more do. than two. I need like two at least. Yeah. And then I wear a bra underneath still. <laughs> yeah. I can go on like the elliptical because I'm like kind of still, so I'm not like bouncing, you yeah. know? But, <laughs> oh man, it's so awkward when I would go to like, remember like Zumba and stuff? When they would do yeah. the, ju- the jumping jacks, I was like, no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Because my boobs were, like, everywhere. <laughs> That's the word. It was so bad. And I'm like, I can't do this. I, like, want to hold them while I do it. I do, like, modified ones. I don't actually lift my feet, my heels yeah. off the ground. I just put my hands up and... Like, I, I get the pressure from the instructor. <laughs> yeah, She's just... like, why aren't you doing it? I'm like... <laughs>